I'm Carly Shields, and I play Lola, the Harpy Wizard. I'm John, and I play Mort McCoy, the Skeletal Ranger. Hey, everybody. It's Patrick, and I play Ezra the Golem. This is Ray, and I play Cami the Kitsune. Hey, I'm Adam Bash. I'm the storyteller, and welcome to Brute Force. Greetings, fine patrons. Welcome to the Gilded Ram Grog House in Tea Room. I, of course, am Jasper Spitwistle. Oh, my. Uh, an exciting time, really. Uh, anytime we tell stories about the brute force and their, their times meeting with royalty, it's always exciting. You know, we just came hot off of, a, of their introduction uh, to Vrim, actually. Um, at which point, uh, Ezra did quite well. He availed himself of. Um, a little bit of extra time that he had to prepare um, and actually wrote some things down, I think, in his brain space more than anything um, and just locked away some important names and people and figures and, and um, really did a great job, honestly. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's all. That's a showmanship, right? That's what court is. I actually was a, was a, was a court bard uh, for, a, for a small time up in actually Harimfel, of all places. Um, it, was a, it was a terrible time in my life, actually. You know, if you're a court, court bard for, for dwarves, they don't really go for you know, the, the jazzy numbers. You know, they really kind of want more laid-back, hi-ho, hi-ho type stuff. And honestly, um, it wasn't really my cup of tea. But anyway, uh, anytime you're in a court like that, you know, there's a lot of expectations about how you should present yourself um, and how you should approach royalty. Um, so honestly, it was a, a bit of a change of pace for the brute force once they found out that her eminence, Ileana Filifar, was a little bit different than how she presented in court. The formalities of your proclamation has kind of died down. You guys are led back deeper into the castle, into just this immaculate dining hall. And the room is filled with like some of the most enticing smells you have ever experienced in your life. It just smells like like the best food imaginable is in this place. I'm keeping an eye on Ezra at this point. I'm just waiting for like something to go very wrong. <laughs> that is, is great instinct. <laughs> So this room, it's like, it's pretty bare except for this giant dining table, which is so big you got to feel like it had to have been built in the room because it's like a 70 foot long table in this room. And all of the food that you're smelling all is in these like little covered dishes that are all like within like the central five feet of this massive I table. And they're all kind of like <laughs> arranged in like a semi-circular manner. You sniff, it smells great. I thought you said I sit in it. <laughs> <laughs> so with your refined palate, you, you know, there's definitely some, uh, some 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 mutton, maybe some fried mutton mm. up in here somewhere. It smells like maybe some 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 torts. Is there a some, corn uh, on the cob that Cammy can there. eat? <laughs> nope. Like every dish is currently covered. Mm. Oh, mm. classic, right. classic covered dish, you know. Look at them get all mm. fancy here. They, they, uh, they don't got pies. They got torts. 
So as you guys are just kind of hanging out here, Queen Ileana walks in with her entire guard. It's about uh, seven guards, uh, including one very large elf, a very handsome, but I mean, so has every elf that you have encountered here in this gleaming silver plate mail. But she's coming in and she she does not have her tiered crown that she had on when she was in court. Her waist length uh, black hair is half down uh, and she's working on unpinning the rest of it. She's going cash. Fucking suck, girl. Casual queen. Hey, girl. <laughs> Toad's cash fry. You know what I mean? <laughs> Shit. So, so when the queen walks in, how are you guys, like, reacting to that? Uh, you know. <laughs> I feel like Cammie's head isn't visible over the table. Like, I feel like she is shorter than this table. So, I, I, what's the chair situation? Can she stand on a chair without it looking, like, real tacky? I mean, she could, yeah. Yeah, um, so maybe not one right in front of the food, because that looks, I mean, that looks pretty greedy. So she'll hop up, like, scramble up to a chair, just so she looks like she's semi a normal height, and sort of, like, fluff up her bow tie and try to be, like, as professional <laughs> as she can get, while still being a small fox girl. Really do up one of the buttons of your blazer. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll we'll do up an extra one because mm-hmm. she's standing and then she'll have to unbutton it when she sits down. This is when we find out that standing on chairs in Vrim is the gravest offense. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, dog, if it's three buttons, sometimes always never, you know what I mean? That's how the buttons go. <laughs> so the the queen sees you guys kind of like stiffen up a little bit when she comes in and she gives you all like a kind smile and she says, please, please, no formalities in here. The people of Vrim expect a certain amount of decorum and showmanship in the court, but... I'm just so thankful to have each of you for coming and, and giving them such a memorable first appearance. Ezra gives her a wink, like a really good Vince Vaughn type wink from Swing. You know, like a really good wink. You know, Vince Vaughn, the king of winks. <laughs> she smiles through it. She's very graceful. So. I'm glad to have a chance to talk with you away from such ceremony because it's that's not a place to get to know a person. So uh, she walks up uh, around the table to where you guys are and she walks right up to Ezra and she reaches down and takes his hands in her hands. And she looks up into his eyes and says, you have given your name, a hero of Rim, of radical Evergod, but is that what I should call you? My friends do not call me Queen Ileana Kefaldra Gil Mithrulina Filifar. They call me Anna. What Fuck do your you, Adam. Call you? What was that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Those aren't sounds. <laughs> my, all, my, all my friends, they just call me Ezra. Ezra. I've been, I've been really, I've been really pitching like E Dog for a while. It hasn't caught on. So for the most part, it's just Ezra. Uh, though, if you want to go with E Dog, I feel like go away. But you know, Ezra's fine. Then I will call you Ezra, and I hope you will call me Anna. You have a purpose. I can see it. Yeah. And. Not to serve, but to lead. You will make a fine paragon. Well, you know, I got some head track I'm still working through. Uh, on account of the fact that, you know, golems are kind of meant to only serve. And then my master died. And there was a yeti at some point who was like, make your own decisions. We kind of been bebopping through the quad. You know what I mean? When we do it. Absolutely. Uh, that's... I feel like that's a lot of our lives. But there's there's so much rich history in the libraries here. It's possible that my ancestors have figured out uh, methods to, to free you of that burden. That would be great. Because, you know, we're just trying to be happy. You know what I mean? Isn't that what life's about, Anna? Just people in different rooms. 
trying to be happy. <laughs> Absent the different rooms part, I agree a hundred percent. Sometimes you could be happy in the same room with people. What makes you happy, Anna? Ah, uh, so many things. The smiles on the faces of the children of this city make me happy. Totally love uh, it. Being able to provide uh, for uh, the security of Rim makes me happy, and just serving my my people. That's what makes me happy. Can Cammy squint really hard and see how uh like how legitimate this hoe is being? Like, does she you really can, feel that way? Absolutely, sure, absolutely. Is that an that empathy? Would be a great, it is absolutely an empathy. Oh hell yeah! What you rolling the right? Uh, I'm rolling some very very good good hand feel uh, metal die hard uh, brute force specific fate dice. Wow! I don't like that Carly keeps looking at me. I can tell it's me because she looks so uh, disappointed. So, Adam, I hope you're ready for this, and I I'm hope amused. you're upset about it. I got I got two fives, two fours, and I have a plus three in empathy, which means I got a five. Mm-hmm. So I done, yeah, that, I done did good, I think. You did very good. You did very good. She seems very sincere. Ah, oh, dang. Okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I find it interesting how... how your idea of happiness is all about the children, because uh, personally, I believe that children are our future. If uh, we teach them if well, you teach them we well, then let them, let them lead, lead the way. way. Yes, I understand. She walks over to Mort and takes his hands in hers. She goes, Mort McCoy, a famed hero. I have heard so many stories of you, and oh. I hope the assembled court didn't see my smile of recognition when I heard your name, else they will start so many scandalous rumors about it. I am certain that you have so many stories to tell, and I hope to hear all of them. Uh, that Mort's totally <laughs> spectral tongue-tied. Um, <laughs> if, if he could go red, he would be very red. His eyes turn red. The people of Rim, the people of Rim, will consider it such good fortune to have a hero of your renown at their paragon's side. That, that that's very kind of you to say. I'm surprised that you've heard of me, but. Thank you for your kind words. And she walks over to Lola, and she reaches out to take your hands as well. <laughs> okay, so she do that, except Lola has, like, looks like she's been caught in the crosshairs of something, and she, like, reaches out from under the table and sets down a bunch of shit that she's been picking up along the way, because this is a palace, <laughs> and there is no way that there's not a million shiny things around. So she, like, <laughs> sheepishly pushed, puts down a goblet, and... <laughs> And, like, a little statue and, like, kind of rubs her hands on her her thighs to wipe off her hands. And then, like, with a, like, a, ah, I feel like an asshole, puts her hands up to meet hers. There is nothing but, like, a, a friendly smile on Ileana's face. And uh, she says, Lola, I am so happy to meet you. My brother tells me you have been trained in magic as he has. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 I have. Yep. I knew of your former master, Agarion. When my brother and I were very young, we were sent to the council. When it was shown, we possessed some degree of magical ability. I have a very minor amount of skill. You know, mere parlor tricks. And she leans in kind of conspiratorially and says, but my brother, he's a court mage. He's kind of a big deal, you know. <laughs> and like starting from like under the collar, she like if if she's possible, she like goes redder and redder until it like reaches her hairline. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, her face turns sad, 
And she says, I, I wept when I heard of his passing, as well as the passing of Sir Valiant Clash Tiger. I have felt then I could never know the loss you suffered, but now I feel as though I do. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and she she kind of shakes it off. She goes, well, the future yet holds so much promise for us, Lola. I know we will become good friends. That, yeah, that would be great. I Sounds cool. And she walks over to Cammy, who is... Is Cammy still standing on a chair at this oh, point? definitely. Most definitely. Okay. And I feel like she would notice that she's heading her way and try to like lean over the arm of the chair without falling so it's a very precarious situation yeah so even standing on the chair like you're she's still very much taller than you yeah 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 so she kind of gives like a she like goes to does the one knee thing so she's actually like looking up at you a little bit and takes your hands uh, and says you are kitsune i am so excited that you are here it will be all my people will talk about for months. For centuries and centuries, your people and mine have had such a rich history of partnership and fraternity. But for reasons now forgotten to all of my people, we have not had a Kitsune visitor in over a hundred years. I am eternally grateful for you uh, for coming. And I know that you have many great deeds ahead of you here. Oh, yeah. No, I'm glad that I could sort of crashed this party. It's been uh, a wild ride. You know, I came here, brought my book, and I sort of just bump, bumped into these these good, good folks. And they sort of have the hookup is what, is what I've learned, you know. Uh, so it's it's been it's been dope. I'm, I'm so sorry I said dope, you're a queen. Um, it's been very, very, very good and well. Good and well. Yes, thank, thank you. She's kind of chuckling through all of this. She goes, that is wonderful. I cannot wait for us to be like sisters. And she stands up. She says, now, if you'll forgive me, I am famished. And she leans against this table, like where it's semicircular. She just like half leans, half sits on the table and just starts tossing lids off things and just like grabs a big leg of mutton and chomps right the hell into it. <laughs> oh, I love that very much. Lola, like quietly under her breath is like, you're the coolest person I've ever met. <laughs> As like mutton grease is like rolling down her chin, she's like, "You really must try some. What have whatever you wish." Kalara, our chef, does this thing with mutton. It's it's like a little crispy on the outside, but so tender. Past that, it's to die for. Just have whatever you want. Uh, you know, you mutton me. Yeah, let's do a mutton. <laughs> you trying to make a mutton pun? <laughs> that, <that's, laughs> yeah, Ezra does some mutton. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's mutton. There's there's rice tarts. There's like a root salad. It's definitely Ooh. like that scene from a hook with the make believe food. Only it's real food. Ezra's just straight. Yeah, kind of like that. Ezra's just straight chomp. It's like spiced apples. There's snowberries with cream. What is this? What is this? Uh, a snowberry? Wait, we got some cream here. <laughs> there's a marzipan <laughs> tort. Man, it's just a spread. Oh, Tammy's going ham about that Hell marzipan. Yeah. Oh, she loves it. He's kind of got like a half full mouth, and he's like. We're going to talk to them about getting a good veil around here. They put me in a potato sack <laughs> on the ship. I was being good-natured about it, but I think it'd be pretty cool to have a, you know, a real veil situation. You know, veil, veil, veil on my face. <sighs> oh, then we have a seamstress here that could do a very nice veil for you. Do you have a, a, a any sort of fabric in mind? Uh, you know, something nice and breathable, like a poplin, maybe. Uh, but if we could do, like, garnet and gold, I would dig that. Um... Oh, that would look good. That would look good with your complexion. I think we can do that. No problem. Sick. And she, like, just kind of looks over at a guard, and they're already walking out the door. 
and that that's kind of already solved basically so like through a mouthful of of snowberries anna like addresses the captain of the guard who is again this like giant elf in like gleaming plate mail armor and she says you are relieved my noble protectors i wish to meet with my good friends alone so here's the thing about these uh, about these elves that you've noticed in the short amount of time that you've been around them is that their reactions are incredibly subtle. They don't make giant facial reactions or, or expressions to to let you know kind of what their thoughts and, and, and feelings are on things. And so only like the more astute of you would register kind of the shock on this guy's face as uh, she says, get out, basically. <laughs> I like to think that Cammy is very astute, so she's going to log that one away. So he says, but but your eminence, these, th- these are strangers still. And she says, then allow me to make them less strange. Please, leave with your men, Sir Gilmola. I will, uh, I'm certain that you can protect me just as well from the other side of that meager door. Uh, he kind of looks over at Ilstrak, who gives a, a very slight nod, and then he leads uh, his guard outside. Uh, and once they have left, Anna says, Ili, you as well, please. Please, it is important to me to speak with our people's heroes alone. And he looks doubly surprised, which means that you could, even the least astute of you can notice that he is a little caught off guard by this. And he walks over and uh, starts whispering to to, uh, to Anna, uh, who giggles a bit and almost spits out a mouthful of snowberries <laughs> and says, please, Ili, I will be fine. I know it to be true. And so... Cammy and uh, Lola, please roll Arcana. Okay. Hell yeah. Four. I rolled a neutral. <laughs> okay. So Cammy, you're kind of like, like kind of starstruck by this whole moment. There's very beautiful people all around. I mean, it happens. Lola, you catch as Ilstrak kind of walks away from her that he, he just kind of like waves his hand past her. And you just feel this very powerful ward pass over her. And that's it. And he walks out, kind of looks back as he shuts the door on the waves at him. And then you guys are alone with the queen. Your eminence, um, your, your majesty? Please just call me Anna. This is, not the, this is not the place. This is not the place for formalities. Anna, um, I'm assuming as this isn't a place for formalities, it's okay if I feed my dog from the table? Oh, absolutely. Is that little Rufus? He's adorable. Yes, he, he seems quite taken with you as well. And Rufus is just sort of sitting at her feet, looking up at her. Uh, y- your majesty, um, uh, don't mean to be f- forward if that's what I'm being, but, uh, you seem to know a lot more about us than the average person. <laughs> I suppose I do. I, how to say, was, was very well trained, um, by a former mentor who taught me much about uh, the paragons of this land and their retinue. And so I have heard of you uh, f- through uh, your deeds and, and travels with Clash Tiger. Empathy. I want to know if she's, that's, she's being honest. Okay. Uh, uh, so that's neutral, but I have one. She seems on the up and up. Okay. Who was your mentor that, that told y'all about the paragons and stuff? Ah, uh, yes, that is part of why I... I would like to speak with you alone. My friends, it is so unfortunate uh, to meet under these circumstances. I wish to be overjoyed at your arrival, but alas, it is loss after loss that has brought you here. We've won some too, to be fair. We just won a big competition. You have lost a paragon and a friend. And Lola, you a mentor. I too have lost all of these recently. 
in the passing of my dear friend Harmony Nightmaiden, or as I knew her, Tosara. She walks forward towards you and kind of snaps her fingers. Again, roll Arcana again. Lola this time only. Oh, uh, oh, five. So you notice that this ward that was on her, and it feels like almost like something else was there as well that you didn't previously feel, just wipes away as soon as she snaps her fingers. And she, she comes closer to you and says, After all that has happened with the Paragons of yore, she was under strict orders to stay in Vrim for her protection. But she disobeyed this command, and I have no idea why. More than that, I do not imagine she would do so on her own. Without her retinue, without a letter or message explaining herself, she takes a deep sigh. I am in mourning, but I am also distrustful of so many of those around me. I have only just met you, but this is what makes you so trustworthy to me at this moment. Please, I seek your counsel and your advice. Was it this way with Sir Clash Tiger? I know it must be terrible to relive this memory, but how did it happen? Was he ambushed? At this point, uh, is it safe to assume that Clash Tiger's retinue killed her for the relic? Yes, you are. You are <laughs> under that, assu- that that assumption. Yes. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> it was definitely shocking and life changing. It was kind of weird for me to play because Cammy doesn't know any of the backstory. So Cammy's just really sad that we're talking about death. Uh, yeah, you guys have not filled in Cammy with any of this yeah. shit. So she's just sitting there like with, with snowberries and cream going in her mouth. Just like, what is going on with this shit? I'm like a plus one to a funeral. Like I have no understanding of anything. I just know that everyone's real sad all of a sudden. No, it is always a shock when someone that you feel is beyond death dies. But... This is the way it was with Harmony as well. And I am at the loss. I don't I don't know how uh this happened. I don't know who I can believe in in this in this court at this point. Um where where were you when when Clash Tiger uh, uh perished? We were outside doing feats of strength with our friend Diggy. <laughs> <laughs> so it caught you as unaware as well. Yes, I was unaware. He he was the the first, is that not true? The the first paragon to, to go, as far as we know, yes. Agarion had his hands blown off. I thought I might smash his face with a rock, but he chose to bleed out. You know how wizards are with blood. <laughs> Always choosing to bleed out. I don't know how to feel about that. Please roll deceive. That sounds like something Ezra would be really skilled in. <laughs> no, he long ago he told me that Ezra doesn't lie. <laughs> so I don't think he took a lot of points in deceive. So just straight up zero. She kind of half arches an eyebrow and then just her it's it's gone as soon as you notice it. Cammy Cammy's gonna like hop chairs to get closer to wherever she's standing, because I feel like she's probably across the room. And she'll like reach out and I, I'm I'm hoping that Anna will do that like complicitory of like holding hands things because Cammy can mm-hmm. Cammy cannot reach her. Definitely yep. not. So she's gonna really put on like a big puff up and just say, Oh I I know all, all of my new friends and now and now you they've lost people that are so important to them and it's it's so hard because you know you think you think that no, nothing could hurt a paragon because they're so they're so strong and and they're here just just to help and to and to, to keep everyone safe but I I promise you that when we become 
we, we become the new retinue of this paragon. We're going to hunt down and really take care of just just all this bad stuff that's happening. Whoever or whatever is hurting these paragons, we're going to take care of it for you and for all my new friends. And she's going to put a big old smile on her face like she did a very good job. <laughs> Anna kind of ha- is kind of smiles. Says, "Thank you. It is comforting to hear. Uh, but I would not want you, any of you, in undue danger. It's um, it is necessary that you travel to Oster uh, in order to reclaim a, a new relic. Uh, but once that is through, I hope you would return and stay until the uh, uh, until it is safe to travel again. Yes. Is <laughs> what I." Because, you know, we'll return. <laughs> yes, I, I, I mean, Ezra is the, the paragon of Alundia, so so we would have to stay in the area. Oh, yes, but Alundia is quite a kingdom. Uh, Vrim is a little different. I would want you to stay close, stay here, where travel in and out is restricted, and we don't have to worry about you know, threats uh, to our uh, most valued paragon. That's a good point, but but at the same time, if we really want to get to the bottom of this, then what better way to lure out the the people behind it than to send our paragon out into the wild? Obviously, with his retinue, not by himself, and and then we can lure them out and and find out what's going on. She has the exasperated face of someone who has heard that several times before, uh, as she says, "This sounds exactly as Tisara said, uh, and exactly as uh, she." Uh, stated that uh, it was her duty to find what had happened and she was incredibly powerful had been been a, a paragon all of my life and yet she is gone to us now can Kimmy sort of try to read a little bit more into the nature of their relationship based on how she's discussing um, mm-hmm. Harmony okay mm-hmm. she wants to do that because this is a this is a very visceral reaction to having lost your your kingdom zero. Oh wow, that was <laughs> mediocre. I rolled all fours, so but I have a plus three. So you do have a plus three. Yeah. She talks about harmony almost like reverently, and she had called her her mentor first, and you kind of get the feeling that she sees her uh, in like a motherly fashion. Okay. 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 I. I yeah, I wasn't entirely sure because I didn't know the ages, so I wasn't entirely sure if this was meant to be like, I don't know, like a, a romance thing. It's not that. It, it's difficult to tell because these are elves, right? And so, like, their ages are in the hundreds at this point, mm-hmm. and they look like they're 20. But you would all know, basically, all of the paragons are pretty well known to everybody because it's like there's only, you know, there was only six. So... Harmony Nightmaiden is well known, and she is significantly older than this queen. And this queen is sing- single. There is no king, yeah? Correct. Okay, okay, okay. Lola is so uncomfortable right now. She's not <laughs> a great liar, so she's like kind of letting Cammy lead. No, I'm, I just, I, I, I know, I know why you're, you're hesitant, but You've got to have some trust in us that we'll we'll go back and we'll do the old, the old bait and switch or the the in this in this case it's more of a a bait and then murder a bad guy you know that that whole good plan we'll and we'll we'll come back we that's that's what we want is we want justice 
for what's happened to all these folks. I understand and, re and respect your opinions, but I cannot lose more friends, and I would just request that you stay close uh, when you can. We don't want to get too far. Let, let's get this relic, and, and then we'll come back here and then see see how things stand, and see if we can come up with a, a better plan. Uh, and she takes another deep breath, and her face just kind of completely resets, and she says, well, I am comforted by your presence, as short-lived as it will be. Uh, you must depart for Oster tomorrow, but until then, I urge you to take in the sights and sounds of this city. It is truly unlike any other in Eorif. And there is a knock on the door. And it is uh, the captain of the guard again, that's Sir Gilmanor, as she called him. And he says, your remnants, one of the Paragon's traveling companions, is asking for them. A peculiar dwarf of the name <laughs> Yanni Boulders. Uh, actually, he's a, a north, not a dwarf. Yeah, yeah, north. Oh, he gave his name as Yanni Boulders. Very strange. Oh, wasn't he trying to do a whole rebranding thing? Oh, oh right, yeah. He yeah. messed it up. Well, uh, if your friend needs you, then by all means, please, uh, away and, and do take in some sights. I hope to see you again before you leave. Anon, anon, parting is such sweet sorrow. <laughs> Cammy wants to jack some marzipan to go. There's, like, a, a perfectly little-sized uh, slice for you to just yank on out there. Perfect, she steals two. As soon as she turns her back, Lola's, like, got her hands on one of those candelabras and is, like, sliding it off the table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the captain of the guard kind of clears his throat behind you. <laughs> she stares him right in the eye and keeps sliding it off the table. He picks it up, places it away from her, and ushers you guys out. <laughs> That's the most cat-like thing Lola's ever done. <laughs> so yeah, you guys exit, and you go out of kind of the castle proper into the out, like the outer keep area, and sure enough, there's Yanov there. Oh, guys, okay, hey, there you are. Awesome. I hope I was not interrupting anything too super important, but I've been waiting uh, to talk to you guys for a little while, and uh, they were... Kind of being jerks about it. So, um, how 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 are things? Yanny. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I I gave him a fake name because I I have some concerns about my my daughter, you know. Um, and uh, I don't know how how she's doing, but uh, I I don't know how well regarded everyone is in this town. So I just thought maybe uh, a, a pseudonym would be great. So I thought Yanny Boulders. That sounds pretty. Kind of pretty boss, right? I mean, it's pretty cool. We didn't ruin it even a little bit, so your anonymity is is very, very reserved. Are you trying to hide your name from your own daughter? Because I think she might see through that one. Uh, not exactly. No, I'm. I'm kind of. I mean, my daughter has the same last name, so I'm. I'm trying to maybe hide the fact that I'm related to her while I'm in the presence of authority figures. Um, listen, it's a long story, and. I don't know if you guys are super busy right now, but I've been really trying to find her for a long time. And that's uh, kind of why I hooked up with you guys in the first place to try to get here and maybe find what's going on with her and maybe my grandchild. And uh, I don't know if any of you could kind of come with me and help me with that, but it's kind of a big, big to do. And uh... is this a Taken or like an Ocean's Eleven? Is it a is it a high stakes, high person trafficking, high murder or more of like a fun romp? I just haven't talked to her in a very long time, and I don't know if she wants to see yeah, me. Yeah, no, you, 
you've done so much for us. I, I think it's the least we could do is, is come with you and help you out here. I figure if I show up, if I figure if I show up with like the new Paragon and his retinue, maybe she'd be like super impressed with it and like, hey, you're traveling in style these days. Hey, Dad, why don't you stay over for the night and maybe meet your grandchild? I thought maybe that would work out really well for me. Well, she told us to see the city anyway. Yeah, let's let's roll. This this sounds like a fun adventure. Love to meet your daughter because I do think that I did meet her in that um that dwarf uh brothel. I'm pretty sure that was her. Uh, so I'm really right, I've, really. I told you. I've told you before. She's not a dwarf. Uh, they service a whole lot of different races there. No, I'd really like to say I told you so. I won't be really rude about it because uh, that's sort of my thing. Um, but I'm really excited for how right I'm gonna be. Right. Okay. Um. Well, let's let us away then. And he leads you guys uh, through the streets of the city. Now, Vrim is a very tall city. That's the thing that strikes out. Oh, at, damn it. <laughs> at you first and foremost. It's like the just the like all of the buildings are built up very high, probably because it is an island city and the city is kind of stretched beyond its own limits at this point and the island is is full of the city of rem and there is nowhere outwards to go anymore and so they just continue to kind of build up in tiers uh, on top of tiers and so there are actually buildings that start on the rooftops of other buildings basically and the streets are narrow and the alleys are even narrower and it is kind of a a little bit of an oppressive city just with the just when you walk into it it's just very claustrophobic feeling but the streets are bustling. It seems like it's always busy here. And you guys are kind of led from uh, street to street, kind of following Yanov. And there's not a lot of diversity of the streets. Like, all of the streets feel the same. And so if you were not following Yanov, who obviously has, has he's either been here or just knows very well where he is going, you feel like it would be really easy to get lost in this city and just have no idea of what area you are even in and as he leads you guys down into the residential area you guys kind of come around a corner and it's an area where it looks like there used to be some sort of a smaller building here but it is completely a charred husk at this point is he following a map or does he just know the city that well he just seems to know where he's going Mm. he's not following a map Mm. okay and so this building that he stops at it's Long since burnt down. And there's a crew in there that's just like clearing stuff away, uh, apparently, to like reuse this area for actual usable space as opposed to being the husk of a burnt down uh, residential area. He's like, oh, damn it. That's not good. This is where she's supposed to live. Um, You got yourself a charred husk here, my my guy. He's a husk. Yeah, no, it's a real husk situation, isn't it? Totally. It's totally husk. Charred. Yeah. I... I, I expected a lot of things, but I don't think I'd, I never expected a charred husk, um, honestly. So it wasn't like this last time you were there. Uh, well, I've never been here, honestly. Mm. I've I've seen it, but I've never actually been. Yeah, you, you know your way around real well for someone that's never never kind of been here. Uh, old, old Yanni, Yanni Tani. Yeah, no, I'm like I said, I've seen it before. Um, I flew over a couple times. Like Google the- Maps? What are you talking about? Yeah, no, I mean, I have a, I had, I had access to an airship for a while, and I tried to get in, but they wouldn't let me like through the, you know, the the bubble thing. Uh, so I just kind of went over the top of it. Oh, you were doing drive-bys. Yeah, well, I mean, to a certain extent, sure. Cool. Oh, that perfectly tracks. Great. Yeah. Mort walks up to one of the guys that's clearing stuff away. Says, "Uh, excuse me, what what exactly happened here?" Well, I mean, obviously uh, a fire. 
<laughs> yeah, no, it's a fire. I don't think <laughs> you you stole my joke. That was kind of the joke I was going to make. But so roll me a rapport. Ooh, four. So he looks. He's oh, you you even heard about this one? Huh? No, you've not heard. This place is <laughs> kind of a strange strange story. So long story short, this is what I hear at least is that. One of the people in this place was uh, a, a thief, oh. a thief skilled, huh? and uh, there the, there was some some job went wrong or something of that nature, and uh, next thing you know, uh, bad people came looking, and somebody burned the whole place down. I hear that the wife and the child of this this thief fled uh, from the lands, but uh, I don't I don't know much more than that. It's just uh, you know this is thieves getting thieves what justice I think more than anything. And- how long ago did this happen? Uh, well, it's been on the list of things to get to for a while. I'd say probably maybe a year, two years ago. I mean, it's been a quite some time. So the husk is not smoldering. We got, we got... It's charred. It's not smoldering. Mm. Classic husk. Classic husk. <laughs> Yana, was your daughter a thief? Is that why you were changing your name and... Trying to hold on a second. Maybe, maybe you want to have this discussion in in the privacy of an alleyway. That's where you're supposed to have discussions like this, Mort. You do it in an alleyway. Can we just go to an alleyway, maybe? I'm a paragon. I'm like, I'll talk wherever I want to. <laughs> <laughs> See this motherfucker here? Hey, my guy. I'm in a paragon. We have a. I think this guy's daughter's a thief. You got a, you got a problem with that? I don't really know what to think about it. Uh, you guys kind of do. So I mean, this guy doesn't even know what to fucking think. All right, my guy. So your daughter's a criminal. Okay, should I should I go back to clearing the charred husk out, or yeah, man, you want me to leave it? Do your, do your husk work, my guy. You're doing okay. Thank you. Her, nice to her meet you. Queen Anna says, "Do it. Do the husk." You know. Hey, what was your name? Hey, hey, dude, husk guy. What yeah, was me, your name? me. Yeah. Slovenovi. My. My name is Calamar. <laughs> Calamar? Like like the first part of octopus? Uh, that's very hurtful. I don't know why you would say that to me. I'm just trying to do a job here. Uh, sorry, sorry, uh, Cal Emar. Uh, yeah, nope, just, just, if, if you'd been named something else, I would have thought you were going to die soon. So I was just checking. That's fine. No, okay, thank you. Yeah. I'm going to go over here and try to clear this out then. Do my job, you know. All right, you fucking weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so listen uh she she might have done some light thieving uh in her youth and i didn't know for certain if she had taken up with the guild here but probably she did but she wouldn't have fled so that doesn't track and you you don't, don't think know. she could have gotten into trouble which led to people burning down her house and- yeah man she was getting husked oh well i mean absolutely that that 100 percent that 100 percent could have been her yeah yeah definitely um sigri has a lot of um a lot of talents a lot of skills but she's not great with people <laughs> i don't think um so it's possible you know can i ask how you uh Came to be the father of an orc or half orc? Well, uh, uh, when a man and a woman love each other, <laughs> and you know they decide they want to bring a baby into the world, they go into the darkness <laughs> and they feel around. <laughs> they go into the darkness, <laughs> like Star Wars, like a Star. It's much like a Star Wars. <laughs> Please call this 
episode into the darkness. <laughs> it smells yes. like Dagobah. And there are some sounds <laughs> and some scents that you're not accustomed to. Some squelching. It's like feeding a horse a sugar cube or stirring macaroni with a wooden spoon. Oh, and then no. you've got a baby. You know? That's how we did it. Ezra, for how much time um, you've spent in a brothel, this this is a shocking conversation. What? Well, that's normally pretty toe-focused in the brothel. That's almost entirely not what happened. Um, <laughs> so... So my daughter, Sigri, uh, who is uh, half orc, uh, she, okay, so she's adopted. Um, long story short, uh, she tried to rob me uh, in my shop when she was about uh, four or five. She was just kind of a street urchin type situation going on there. And uh, I caught her in the process and then I gave her a meal and then she stuck around and then she started kind of working at the shop for a while and. Then, uh, you know, after you provide for somebody for a while, you say, oh, I guess maybe you're my kid now. And so uh, I, I went through the process of, of adoption and it was kind of a long, arduous thing. Um, a lot of paperwork. I had to stick in the same kingdom for like uh, upwards of, 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 of like a year and a half, which was kind of a pain. Um, but then, you know, we went around and we had great times and it was wonderful. And then she kind of wanted to kind of trek off on her own. And uh, she had traveled to Vrem, um, which was interesting choice. Um, and, but I mean, I kept getting letters and I, I, and she had met somebody and she, you know, had a husband and she had, had a kid and I I thought she probably had settled down, but I mean, uh, maybe not, you know, (laughs) you know, I I don't, I don't know her as well as I used to, I guess. How, wait, how old, how old is your daughter? Well, she's 25. How does that translate to a half-orc life expectancy? Is she like human 25? She's like, like human 25. (laughs) Okay. Um, cool. Uh, is she still with that, that dude? I mean, last time I'd heard from her, which it has been a while, she, I mean, she's never mentioned any problems with Karis, so I, I assume that they're still together, but I don't know, there's nobody here, it's, I don't know, I don't know what to look for at this point. Uh, okay, this seems like a very, uh, Basil and Baker Street type of situation, very common Kitsune problem, it is time to hunt for clues in this husk. Can we investigate this husk? Sure, you can investigate a, a, a two-year-old burnt husk. Uh, all right, all right. Uh, Take it in, Sherlock. That, <laughs> the, the attitude that you utilize to say two-year-old husk does not give me a lot of good feelings. But then again, I did well, so maybe you'll have to be very upset at me. I got another five. Okay. Strangely enough, it's not completely devoid of, like, anything. Like, it's been burnt down, but there's some, like charred furniture in here that like nobody obviously was interested in swiping off the street because it's very charred and uh it is not really anything in it as you're kind of like you know pouring through and seeing if there's anything in any of this stuff like chests and things like that not doesn't seem like there's much of anything uh in any of this stuff you do find like a like strange pile of like hay oh and like it's it's like it's not even like a pile like you would think of like a big pile. It's like just like a small pile of like hay and like some real stinky stuff that like you you think might be like horse crap that is like kind of tracked through like one corner of this area. And the fact that it still stinks makes you think that it's like probably recent. Okay, have we made it canonical that all horses here do math? 
Should I think that there's like an accountant that's like taken taken up residence, like squatting in this husk? No, the fact that there was a math horse, the math part was the exceptional part. Right. Oh, was um, it? Okay. So. And he's counting all the numbers of the corn <laughs> that they bring in, and he's doing the harvest of the bushels. One, two, three, four, five, six corns makes a happy dinner when you're on the prairie with your math horse. Okay. Ezra just sings with like her hands shoved deep in his pockets, mosing and mosing on down the road. <laughs> um. Okay. Cammy <laughs> will Cammy sh- will like scamper back out to Yanov and um say, "All right, I did like a really good job. Um, there's a horse living here now, and it um, it like." It it needs more probiotics or 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 some I don't know like some emergency or something because its tummy is not very settled. But other than that, I don't I don't have a lot more information. Does the new information that a horse lives here does that does that point us towards your daughter? Everybody rolled notice. Oh, okay, <laughs> Adam's like fuck. Fine, I'll just throw you a bone. Minus one. Ezra's just singing about and the corn comes in. That shit, I got so good. Cammy got a neutral. I hope someone did well. Oh (laughs) my god, I got five. Oh shit, Uh, Lola, you're kind of you're kind of like done with this at this point. You're like, I came out here just to kind of help out Yanov, and like, are we through this whole social like requirement here? Can we just go back to? The castle at this so point, or folks. maybe find some place to have some pie. You're like looking off of the distance, trying to get like the heck out of here, and you see like as Cammy like starts talking about a ho- like horses and stuff like that. That there's a cloaked figure that just kind of sneaks back down an alleyway, like uh, towards the north. I shove my finger like straight, pointing towards it, and like that's where I go get him. Oh, we got surreptitious activity. Let's go. Away! And Ezra and Mort, I guess, uh, do a sprint down the alleyway. Anytime I get bored from now on, I'm just going to point in a direction and say, I'll go get him. <laughs> <laughs> so so as you guys get to the alleyway, like, there's nobody down this alleyway, but you guys start running down in any way. And you really don't kind of have any clue where you're going. <laughs> Why don't you guys give me another notice roll? Mort pulls out his fairy fire arrow. Okay. <gasps> and shoots it. In the general direction that the guy he assumes ran down, like, shoots at a wall or something. Okay. Awesome. So there's, like, this big thwom of, like, magic, like, emanates out from where this arrow hits the wall of this building. And what you see is, like, every person in... What was the radius of this thing? Um, five zones. Oh, God. So it's a long way. So, like, pretty much half the city is glowing at this point. Glowing, like, with this bright blue outline. Uh, But the other thing you notice is, like, right behind the building that you shot this in, there is the outline of uh, about eight horses. And someone, like, crouched down in the corner of the back of this building, like, behind a doorway that you guys would have just completely ran past. Mort. 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 Yes, that's right. Mort. That's what we're going to do is we're, we're going to walk in here. We're going to go, whoa, just a lot of horses. Then we're going to turn around, <laughs> right? Then we're going to turn around to walk out. Uh-huh. We're going to turn back around and be like, there's more than horses. And then we're going to get them. Okay, let's do it. You know, we're going to make them think that they're safe. Yeah. And then we're going to get them. Okay, but 
you should kick in the door as well, because that would be really cool. Oh, yes. D- yes. Man, what a retinue. Um, as you guys are having this discussion, the shape that is, like, hiding in the corner look, like, obviously is looking at the fact that it's glowing and, like, gets up to try to start to run away. Uh, well, I kick open the door hard. You hit this, this like, figure with the door as it slams open. Nothing but horses in here! And the figure <laughs> falls on its ass. <laughs> Wait, there's more than horses. Oh! Ow! That really hurts. Oh! Ow, 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 Now, ow, hold ow, on, that Sonny, what you doing? Oh, that... Dad? Nope. Oh. Not me. Sigri! It's Sigri! Oh, you're Seagram's. Oh. <laughs> As she stands up and pulls her, her hood back, she doesn't look like a half-orc. She definitely has, like, slightly protruding tusks of, like, a, of a half-orc. But she looks like, she, she kind of looks like she's half-elf, too. And she stands out a little bit from all of these uh, super beautiful dark elves that you've seen. Because their skin color is, like, kind of this really deep indigo. And she's kind of got, like, more of an ocean green tint to her skin. But you would probably say, kind of looking at her, that she's half-orc, half-elf, specifically half-dark elf. And she kind of stands up. She's like, oh, Dad, what the hell are you doing here? Yonhoff uh, is like, well, you, you didn't say anything. We, I, like, we showed up because big big Paragon here and all that good stuff. And, uh, you know, we kind of got the invite. And what what's going on? Your place is burnt down. It's a husk. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of in husk, husk status as of late. Um. Well, yeah, I've not had a lot of luck uh, recently. I did a job for the Thieves Guild. Uh, it was supposed to be pretty in and out. Uh, just uh, stealing a book from the old uh, library and uh, got in, got the book. No problems. Um, trying to do the old in and out. The old in and out. You know what I mean? Well, <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, and it was uh, just, a, just a book. And I get it. I get in. I get it. I get out. No issues. Totally. Um, totally. And then I just I I didn't I didn't feel right about the people that were asking for the you just you get feelings about people sometimes that just they're not right. So I don't know. I had second thoughts. So I I I went and I put the book back, which ironically significantly harder than getting the book in the first place. Putting it back was like twenty times more difficult. To to anti steal that is like the worst. Uh, so listen. Long story short, I claimed that I couldn't steal it, and there was no issues for a while. And then one of the people in my in my group that I was in, infiltrating with just kind of showed up missing, and I think they whoever it was pushed him for info. And I don't know. Uh, next thing I know, there's people hunting me down left and right. So you know, Karis and and took the baby and and fled off off the island. But I've got a I got to figure out what's going on. So I've just been kind of trying to lay low until it dies down a little bit and then see if I can, I can figure out how to write things here. I mean, I've got a lot of other friends that are in the wind from this and I, I really want to set things right. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's a bad time. I didn't want to, <laughs> dad, I didn't want you to come uh, because this is not your problem, but I, I'm doing okay. It's, um, it's going to be hard for me for a little while, but I, uh, I have a job cleaning this stable. Uh, so that's been great for me for the for for the now, and it's uh, it's it's not a problem for today, I guess. It's not not a today problem though, is the thing. I I've been able to hide out for a year and a half now, and I I think that the the heat is 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 kind of backing off a little bit, but it's it's not gone, and I don't really want to 
pop up quite yet. You know what I mean? Uh, what if we could really super disguise you? We're very good at that. Sneak you out of the city on a big old airship that we're going to leave in not that long from now. And just and just not worry about it. We'll just mm. sneak you out of the city and then, oops, no more. Don't have to worry about it. And then there's one more good NPC for us to have fun with. Do you want to jump out right now? Uh, <laughs> it's a super flattering offer, but I, I, I have people to think about. I have friends that are, are in the same shape as I am and I can't leave them here. I have to figure this out and figure out what was going on and, and who did this. And I, I can't do that if I'm not here. You know what they say about friends, friends of the family you choose. I get it. So, um, dad, I appreciate you coming. I will be fine. But if... If I need you, can I call you guys and let you know what's happening? Because um, if you are a paragon, that could be super useful. Cool. Did you just say that you'd call us? Yeah. Like, yeah, message. You, you've heard of that? Messaging? I mean, Gallo's got these Frankie talkies. Like the magic thing. Have you, have you ever done the magic thing where you talk to people in their brains? Sure. Never called it calling. <laughs> oh well, that's what they call it around here. It's a colloquialism. Maybe oh. you'll get used to it as you stay here. A co- 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 oh yes, a colloquialism. We've heard of those. <laughs> All right. Well, now that I'm super not hiding because I'm glowing blue, um, I appreciate you all coming by. Uh, I do have some stalls to clean out. Um, so if there's nothing else, and Yanov's like, kind of shrugging his shoulders, like I guess that's all we can do. If the blue glow doesn't fade within four hours, go and see a doctor. Enjoy mucking your stalls! And you guys walk out and kind of start heading off back towards the castle. And Yanov has actually kind of got like a bit of a hitch in his giddy up, kind of stepping a little proudly. Yeah, we accomplished so much to help his daughter. He's kind of he's kind of excited. We, did, we didn't really help her very much. We just sort of made it worse for <laughs> just her. Gave her a bloody nose from kicking the door into her face. <laughs> and turned her blue. Well, she shouldn't have tried to run. Listen, you guys, you, you, you can say what you want, and you, it looks like she's in dire straits right now, but honestly, I just never thought she'd get a stable job. Honestly, as far as lines go, that one was was actually pretty good. You know, Yonov was not much for, for being a jokester, uh, but when he got one in, boy, did he really land one, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Uh, but for more of that story, obviously, we'll have to hold out for another time. Because there's plenty more down that road and all different types of roads and actually places where there's not even any roads, technically speaking. Um, I'm, I'm talking about the air where they're going to get back on an airship and there's not any roads, you know. But where they're going, they don't need roads because um, they're flying. Anyway, um, important thing I wanted to go ahead and get out here really quickly. I have been selling um, some personal merchandise as of late. Um, I have happened to come into uh, possession of a significant amount of, uh, well, I don't know if you call them portraits of, of, of uh, you know, myself, you know, um, but I have several, um, more than willing to autograph them. If, uh, you know, if, if, if there's anyone interested, I'm selling them um, for, for 15 copper. You know, not a terrible sum. I guarantee you, though, as, uh, as the years go on, you know, the value of these, uh, these, uh, these portraits are only going to go up, really. Um, I can guarantee um, almost exclusively that's the direction they, they will travel. Um, 
I do have a handful of them, um, so I will be selling them um, around back, you know, where you can find me usually after both shows. I'll be selling them back there. I actually had a, a caricaturist uh, draw them up for me. And, um, you know, he was the, the Cucumber Festival in and out, you know. Feels like it was only yesterday, and it was actually about three days ago that the Cucumber Festival came through. And anyway, there was a caricaturist there. Um, I said, hey, you know, let's, uh, let's, let's put a few things together. Um, sat down in the chair, nodded off a little bit, you know, as you do. And uh, next thing you know, um, I woke up and he'd just been drawing the entire time. Um, so um, he charged me uh, for each of them. Um, so I have approximately 72 um, of these to, to offload. Um, and, you know, he was good. He was good to me, at least. He did uh, offer me a line of credit. So I, I mean, I'm on a payment plan um, at this point, which is difficult. But anyway, I'm looking to move um, some of these um, these beautiful pieces of art. So if you want to come on back, there's all different types of options you can pick from. You know, there's one with me um, riding a horse um, with a lovely chapeau on. There's one um, back there where um, I'm riding um, just a, a, a wheeled board, a board with with the wheels, just like a chunky kickflip might do. Um, actually, I believe there's one of me in a stunning ball gown. Oh, and, you know, I thought this is a little bit much, but you know, I'm actually, you know, I might keep that one for myself, you know, um, just maybe hang it above the fireplace. But anyway, all the rest of them, um, yeah, 15 copper, um, come on around back and, and we'll get it all sorted out anyway. Um, until next time, I hope all of you um, have a lovely uh, handful of days filled with caricatures of yours truly. So go ahead and tip your Minotaur bartenders and I will see you next time here at the Gilded Ram Broadcast Interior. Hey, John. Great episode. Wonderful episode. Hey, Adam. Great DMing. Pro it was probably a top 60 episode. In the top 60. I'd say so. Maybe top 59. Possibly. You know, here's the one thing I would say. You know what? It's even better when we stream it. And we've been streaming the last handful of episodes live on twitch.tv slash geeklyinc uh, because our Patreon has blown up recently into the point where we are uh, at the threshold where we do have to uh, stream every episode. Yeah. Thanks a lot to the, the diehard dice that we have uh, up on our Patreon at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. That's been, I think, the cog that has made it all work for us. So if you if you want to know when we're streaming, it's usually you know, kind of catch as catch can. I would follow Brute Force Cast on Twitter. That's where you'll always see when we're streaming. We try to announce it the day of, uh, usually a few hours beforehand. And then right when we release, when we start uh, streaming, we, we tend to mention it there as well. Yeah, too. I mean, it would be great to have a set day, but our schedules and time zones are all over the place, so we just can't do that. So you just have to keep your eyes open. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of those dice, we still do have some sets that we have set aside for for patrons. So if you uh, if you back us on Patreon at the twenty dollar level, we can send you those dice. We've actually changed kind of how Patreon bills now. Uh, usually, it would just bill at the first of the month every month. So if you signed up like on well, like today's today is the the tenth. Uh, of August. So if someone were to sign up right now, we wouldn't be able to kind of send you dice or anything like that until uh, about the 5th of September 
because that's how long it takes before Patreon would, would bill you. And then uh, we get the money cleared and then we can start sending stuff out. So we changed how it works in that once you pledge, it will bill automatically for that month's pledge, which is good and bad. The good side of it is that it allows you to kind of pledge whenever you want. And when you do pledge that $20 to be able to get the dice, we can immediately get the dice to you or get you a code that will enable you to buy the dice uh, and just pay for shipping. Basically, it gets you the dice free from Die Hard Dice's website. I tested it out and it looks like Canada shipping was about seven bucks. Not bad. For it's crazy good set of dice. I even with the shipping you're you're making out a pretty good pretty good deal. The downside of that is though, it does kind of make it so that backing at the end of a month doesn't make a ton of sense because like if it's the 29th of August and you decide hey I really want these dice and you sign up for our Patreon it's going to ding you on the 29th of August when you sign up but then it's also going to ding you for the month of September once September starts so just be aware of that I don't want anybody caught off guard and to be uh, unhappy with the situation so I would just alert you that that change is there so it's great for signing up at the uh, beginning or middle of a month and not having to wait for, you know, a whole month or a half a month, I guess, before we can send you stuff. But it, I, it, I would definitely suggest if you get near the end of a month, just waiting till a new month starts. Yeah. Unless you really want to give us extra money. Yeah. So also on the subject of Patreon, um, we've got a lot of the enamel pins that we created for GeeklyCon left over. And there's, they're really, really cool. One of them's the Brute Force Skull logo which is great. And the other one is like a tree. It says like everything's a tree and it's just awesome. Yeah, the the, the Brute Force logo skull is absolutely my favorite enamel pin and I have a lot of enamel pins. So that's saying something. The everything is a tree pin is probably my second favorite enamel, <laughs> enamel pin. And Carly really pushed for us to get that in the rose gold which I thought was like, eh, maybe, okay, I don't know if it'll make a big difference. But once I saw it, yeah, no, in person, it's it's awesome. Yeah. So a couple of really great pins uh, coming to the Patreon soon. Uh, we'll figure it out and get those on there because that's probably the only way we're ever going to really push those things out to anybody. Speaking of pushing things out, here's some reviews that were pushed out. Great segue. Us. This one this is, is wonderful segue. called Good Folks by Tim Sobuff. Hmm. He sounds familiar. He says, Love the show, and I like that it is weird and good. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Tim Sobuff. Also, there's a, there's another one from Hibby22 in the Netherlands. He said, Eyes closed enjoyment. Really well-developed characters and great storytelling, perfect for long trips. I think that's true. I think it's perfect for long trips. I think it's perfect for short trips. I think it's perfect for all trips. I think it's perfect for just kind of sitting in your house and dreaming of trips. So, hey, if you want to follow us on the Twitters, I would suggest it. Again, if you want to see when we're streaming, the best thing to do would be to follow the podcast at BruteForceCast on Twitter. I also tweet whenever we're streaming, so you can follow me at the Adam Bash. Uh, John, I know you always tweet when we yeah, stream. Yeah, you can follow me at Nutza with a Z, not a Z. And then there's, then there's Carly. She never tweets when we're streaming, but a lot of times we tweet weird pictures of her while we're streaming. And she's at Animated Me with the E's as threes. You could follow our good Kitsune girl, uh, Emma Unladylike. That's Bray, by the way. Yeah, I was hoping you wouldn't leave Pats to me because I never remember if it's <laughs> Pat or Patrick, but I know that this moment it is Patrick underscore Rankin. It is. On the Twitter. Good job. Thank you. So thank you for listening, everybody, and we will catch you all next time. Crush on the flippy flop. Huh? I was living in a devil town. Yeah. <laughs>
town. Oh, Lord, it brings me down about my little town. What were your friends, John? <laughs> All my friends were vampires. <laughs> I didn't know they were vampires. Turns out I was a vampire myself in my devil town. Now I'm going to go find this song and I'm going to listen to it and I'm going to find out that it's not as good as when Pat sings it. That's what I'm going to find out. It's, called, it's just called Devil Town. Yeah, no, okay. Didn't need to tell me that. Could have fucking guessed that one. I just never thought she'd get a stable job. Wow. No. Um, episode over. Oh, you planned wow. this whole episode just for that joke, didn't you? How <laughs> oh. dare you? No, he introduced yep. Yanoff just for that joke. It was the deepest, the deepest cut. No. Uh-uh. I can't stand for this. Adam. All of my, all the metadata that I fill out for this is just going to be, hey, Adam, fuck you.